Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former D3 student athlete, two-year starter, consummate glue guy, and co-host... Ryan! Cam! Two-man monster flush! Off the inbound! Ryan Cam Slam Jam! Find us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35. There is always plenty to run through, but before we get to it, a word from our presenting sponsor. Service from the heart to become your Realtors for Real Life is Team Anders Realtors' mission. Team Anders helps its clients find the home that best fits their needs and makes the process simple and fun along the way. Team Anders will be in close communication with you personally taking care of your real estate needs through technology, marketing, and advertising. They have served thousands of clients over 30 plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. Let's get this started. Another great week of college football, of NFL, Ryder Cup, haven't watched a lick of baseball, to be honest, but the baseball races are either finishing up, heating up. There's only a handful of games left for those last few spots. Just as a recap for baseball, because we won't get into it much at all on the podcast. Right now, as it stands, San Fran and Tampa Bay are the one seeds. The Brewers and the Astros are the two seeds. What's kind of funny about that is back when I was a kid, Milwaukee was in the AL and Houston was in the NL. So now in their opposite fields, so to speak, they are number twos. Atlanta and the White Sox are the three seeds. And we got a little Yankees, Boston Red Sox wild card in the American League and a little Dodgers Cardinals classic one in the National League. So if that's how it shakes out, I have not been following the season that closely, but I can tell you those are all classics, you know, even maybe the exception of Tampa, they've been more recently or even the Astros have been a little bit more recently, but you know, Tampa Bay, they're trying to uh, stay Champa Bay They've got the you know, Super Bowl title. They've got the Stanley Cup. Now they just need that trifecta with the World Series trophy. Uh, they don't have a, uh, an NBA team. So this is this is Armageddon, heaven, whatever you want to call it for them if they get it. So uh, probably rooting for Tampa out of that mix. But I would have to say without seeing a whole lot, just knowing based on records. And when they clinched, San Fran's got to be the odds-on favorite to win this thing. All right, that out of the way. Let's get to the real stuff. We'll go to the podium as we always do. Ryan, start us off. The lectern is yours. Yeah, um, little topic here um, made me think of it yesterday when two Michigan State guys entered the portal uh, yesterday and then also one Saturday before the game. Um, midseason college football transfers. I, I don't understand it. Um, it's basically quitting your team. I mean, you can't go anywhere and play right now. I mean, you can. I mean, I guess coaches can talk to you, but who's really trying to recruit other players aside from high school guys that they're not, they probably know nothing about um, unless you're already recruiting them, which those guys just became available yesterday. I just don't get this. Um, what's the why? Why would you leave a team? Maybe you're an injury away from playing. I mean, in the case of Michigan State, Cologne Gerben, who started the first two games, then played bad against Miami, hardly played on Saturday, and then Chase Klein, who's been. He's played some decent, decent amount of snaps, but nothing crazy. Um, one injury away, that's all it is. It's all it takes, or you start practicing harder and earning it. I, I just don't get that. I, I'm not a fan, um, but you see this more often than not now. Um, in sports, guys get entitled, and it's what can, you, what can I do now rather than uh, in the future or just trying to play work harder than anyone else does um, to, get, to get your spot and earning it. Uh, just because you're a four-star or a high three-star or five-star doesn't mean that you're guaranteed a position. Um, it's, it's interesting. It's going to keep happening. goes to the uh, thing that I would argue is the root cause is that everybody gets a trophy per, for participating. It is messing up the psyche of these kids. Everybody's hot to trot to leave. Uh, I'll withhold judgment and withhold statement on these, um, but I, I'm with you, Ryan. I'm not a fan I believe is quitting on your team and in the case of Michigan State I believe we're finding out who has bought into the culture and who has not 
All right, my podium will also stay on Michigan State. Obviously, we try not to be too partisan to the Spartans only here on this podcast. I mean, certainly there's no question who uh, who we bleed for uh, in the course of things, but we're you know pretty fair, I would say, to most schools. We might take some digs at our little sister down the road once in a while, but for the love of all that is holy, stop calling us Sparty. We are not our mascot. Sparty is our mascot. Cool dude. Best mascot in the land. No question. Come up with a better one. I dare you. Can't. He's the best. He's great. He looks tough. He's won all kinds of mascot competitions. He's a mascot. Michigan State's nickname is the Spartans. Not Sparty. National media. Especially you on ESPN. If you call us Sparty again, I'm going to come to the next game and I'm going to punch you all in the face. That's disrespectful. We don't call the Badgers Bucky. We don't call Minnesota Goldie. We don't call Ohio State Brutus. Give me a break. Stop with the disrespect. You think it's lovely and whatever. You didn't go there. I don't call us Sparty, and I went to Michigan State. We are the Michigan State Spartans. Not the Sparty. Not the Staters, like the students originally came up with back in the 20s. The Spartans. Stop freaking calling Michigan State Sparty, period. All right. That could have been a personal foul, too, at least in my book. Mm -hmm. But our personal foul of the week, I'm going to tell you who, and Ryan's going to tell you why, and the who has got to be Kayvon Pope, now former Ohio State linebacker. Ryan, give us a little lowdown for those who didn't uh, catch what happened this past weekend. Yeah, uh, interesting stuff in Columbus. I mean, sky might be falling. They have a loss. Uh, but this is Guy, uh, Kayvon Pope, former three-star linebacker, um, class of 2018. Um, he's played sparingly for Ohio State in, this, in his few years on campus. Um, uh, he pl- gets benched, I guess, during the game against uh, Akron over the weekend, starts throwing a fit. No, he's just trying to sub himself in oh, without a coach. Okay, he's trying to sub was... himself in on a second down play, and, he gets, and they got waved he off. He starts throwing a fit on the sideline. He gets escorted off of the field by his I guess probably student assistants or whatever. After he threw his gloves in the stands, Quality. tried to throw his helmet in the stands, tried to take his jersey off, had a conversation with his co his position coach and the head coach. I assume he did. Yeah, quality coordinator, whoever. They take him off the field. He later tweets "F Ohio State" on on social media and is kicked off the team yesterday. Um, wow, this guy is stupid. Um, another sense of entitlement just because you're a senior or a junior, whatever, upper class, and doesn't mean you get to play. There's guys better than you. Um, another sense of this entitlement crap. Um, and everyone gets a participation trophy. Uh, yeah, this is uh, one of the more dramatic things I've seen um, from a grown man. I mean, yeah, it's a 20 some year old, but still, I mean, it's so a man, that's an adult um, acting like a child. Uh, this is. It's absurd. Personal foul, you're out. Literally, you're out. See it, Kayvon. I think of a quote from a great movie. As the captain told Private Ryan and Saving Private Ryan, earn this. That's for the Michigan State guys that entered the transfer portal. That's for this dude. That's for anybody. If you're not happy with your playing time, do something about it. Don't throw a tantrum. Don't throw a fit. Don't be a baby. Work. Because I don't want you on my corporate team if you can't work on a football team. That is a double personal foul. Ohio State kicked them off the roster, and they're even thin on linebackers. So good on you, Ohio State. Um, yeah, personal foul, 15 yards on sportsmanlike conduct. All right, that all out of the way. Let's go four downs as we do during football season. First down, of course, we're going to talk Big Ten football Player of the week, team of the week. Um, I'll pick a not-so-obvious-for-us game to start with, and then we'll kind of go back and forth. Uh, one that stood out to me a little bit that I did not see anything on, heard you know saw a little bit of the limited statistics and things, was not really surprised to me, and that was Michigan struggling with Rutgers. Ryan threw a stat at me the other day. There are only three teams in FBS that have a worse, I don't know if it's passer rating, passing offense, whatever, anything passing related. And those are the military schools who run the triple option. 
Army, Navy, Air Force. That's how bad Michigan's passing game is, and I knew that it would bite them because teams are going to key on them. And Rutgers, from all that we read and heard and kind of followed during the tailgate at Michigan State, really kind of blew some chances in the second half. They were down 20-7, to I believe, at the half. Um, you know, And then they owned the second half, except for they just didn't score any points. And, you know, Rutgers is definitely better. We've talked about that here. But spare me all the people who always say in September, lo and behold, that Michigan's back. They're not back. They have a sound running game, but you're pretty easy to scheme for unless you run something crazy like the option if all you can do is one-dimensional. Same as if you're all pass and no run. Um, you know, I, I do think at the end of the season, of course, we, Ryan and I both predicted that Rutgers would get to a bowl game. Um, I think this probably tempers a little bit of the enthusiasm on, on Michigan a little bit, rightfully so. Um, you know, I, I give a little bit of tip of the hat to Rutgers. I, I think that they, they're a little bit snake bit and they can't get out of their own way when it comes to these close games. Not unlike another team that I'm sure Ryan would love to talk about in a game that we attended. Um, but yeah, that's my thoughts on that game, Ryan. What's a game that stood out to you? Yeah, I think I think the Wisconsin Notre Dame game stood out to me. Um, I, I knew Wisconsin wasn't what they have been um, in the last couple of years, but I didn't know they were this bad. I mean, Graham Mertz gives part of my friends more shits about his stupid logo NIL that he made logo, than, yeah. than actually playing quarterback. I mean, the dude threw four picks. Um, Notre Dame had less than ten yards rushing in that game. Less than ten yards, and yeah, they were on their. I think they were down to their last quarterback because Cone got hurt, and I want to say their main backup wasn't available or got hurt too. I thought I read that today. They were like at a five eleven third string guy. Yeah. I mean, Nash. They were favored too by six and a half points. That's just insanity yeah, it's to absurd. me. Absurd! It's not the Wisconsin of yesteryear. I mean, they don't have the, the horses on in, in the backfield that they did, and they obviously don't have a great quarterback. But I think they have decent playmakers at receiver. They just can't get the ball. To them. Seven straight losses to ranked teams. That's very un-Wisconsin like. Um, yeah. Maybe it's their O line. Maybe their O line's not quite what it was. I mean, they busted out for a couple runs, but four picks for Mertz. Yeah, I mean. Man, now I mean Notre Dame's got a good defense. They've got a safety. I can't remember his name oh, off the top of my head. I mean, the dude just uh, when I watched him, he was a one-man wrecking crew against Florida State. So you know, I don't know if he had any picks in this game, but man, you hold a team. Wisconsin's defense is not the issue. Yeah, they gave up forty-one, but that's because it was short field the whole day. I mean, they yeah. gave up a behind kick the, and punt return also. Right, exactly. So it's special teams in the offense there. Yeah, that was another. Like I, I, I picked Wisconsin to lose in our pick 'em. Ryan picked them to win at the beginning of the season in our overall master spreadsheet. We agreed that Notre Dame would beat Wisconsin. Um, that was that was a head scratcher too. And then, then we got those two kind of anemic offenses going head to head. I mean, it might be nine six. It might be like the Iowa Michigan game in nineteen eighty five that was literally I think like nine seven or twelve ten or something. That's what this game at Wisconsin is going to be like. You know, Wisconsin's wounded, and they're going to be hungry. Wisconsin pounded Michigan last year, I believe, at yep, Michigan. Um, so Michigan, you know, and they pounded them a couple of years ago in Madison. So, you know, who knows who's going to show up, but I'm expecting a, a pillow fight there. Um, three yards in a cloud of rubber pellets the whole game, and if you need to take a nap, that might be a good one. Um Moving around to another, uh, we'll get to the Michigan State game in a minute. I mean, that was epic for a lot of different reasons. But um, we'll go to another in-league game, Purdue and Illinois. Speaking of low scoring, 13-9. to You know, it tells me Purdue's defense has gotten a little bit better, although Illinois' offense is pretty, eh. Yeah, terrible. Um, you know, that didn't go any different than we expected. But, you know, a nice, a nice win for Purdue in conference, bouncing off that tough loss to Notre Dame last week. Um, let's see, who else do we have in conference? I think, well, besides Michigan State, which again we'll get to in a minute. Um, we got wrestling dogs in the background, so you know this. You know how the podcast goes. Um, Iowa took care of business against Colorado State. Not really a surprise. I still wonder, does Iowa have enough on offense? But, man, the West is looking pretty paltry because how about Minnesota? 30-and-a-half-point favorite, and they lost to arguably probably one of the 
bottom two, maybe bottom three Mac schools, Bowling Green at home. Unbelievable. You go and you shut out a team, Colorado, a Pac-12 team, on the road, 30 to nothing, first road shutout since 1977. You come home and you lay that egg? <laughs> That's inexcusable to me. I, just completely inexcusable. Um. You know, right? I don't know if there's any other game. We'll get. Well, I'll let you speak on our game here first. I mean, whipping through the rest of the Big Ten. Ohio State pounded Akron, yeah, although they, they were they, they were did. down seven nothing. Yeah, they did what they should have. I Penn mean, State, you know, they same. looked fine against Villanova. That's basically a unless it's a basketball game, that game doesn't really even count. Um, you know, Maryland took care of Kent State by three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, setting up a big game with Iowa this week. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, you know, so Kent State <laughs> played a pretty good. Non-conference schedule. I think they started at Texas A&M, then they went to Iowa, then they went to Maryland. Kind of like Central Michigan going to Missouri and LSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Maryland continues to look good. They're undefeated at this point. Indiana, give them credit. They went on the road to Western Kentucky, Michigan State's opponent, this coming weekend, and it was a close game. Um, a lot of offensive fireworks. Don't know what the turnover story was necessarily in that game, but Indiana pulled that one out by two um, against uh, the Red Blob-led Western Kentucky, I don't even know, Hilltoppers. Um, let's see, who am I missing? Northwestern and a snoozer over Ohio, you know, to be expected. I don't think really there were any other real surprises, but honestly, the way the games went, probably arguably the best game, and it was an in-conference game, was Michigan State-Nebraska, and I'll let you take that one first, Ryan. Yeah, um, definitely a, it looked like D'Antonio ball there for the – I mean, 30 minutes there in the second half, aside from um, that punt return. But, I mean, Michigan State on defense, I mean, I think they've made strides as the year has gone on. I mean, you can tell the D-line is, is for real. I mean, Ponishuk was the – he had 14 Best pressures, I've ever seen him play. Three sacks. Looked fast. Um, looked really good. Beasley got hurt, but they're not sure. Um, Petrowski looked yeah, excellent. Yeah, Petrowski looked, looked great. I mean, He's a youngster, Drew too. Jordan was really good. Great D tackles. I think Crouch and Halliday have been great at linebacker, and I, Henderson is as solid as they come at safety. 18, 17 tackles? 17 tackles. I mean, and the corners are coming around. Kimbrough, I mean, game-breaking interception, almost returned it for six. Williams had some big plays. Um, Those guys, the, the plays. thing there, and Ryan and I talked about this this week, they're you know they're built to give up yards for sure. So Western Kentucky is going to get some yards this week, but they can do that because these guys are sure tacklers, yeah. right? And that was Gervin's problem. Go back and watch Miami film. He flat out was out of position and biffed on like three tackles with Rambo for Miami and looked like a fool doing it. And if you can't tackle in space when you're going to play back and give guys room and cushion, you're not going to play. So yeah, I would agree. The defense bailed the offense out. They just were. For, you know, they couldn't punch it in the end zone in the first half. They kind of shot themselves in the foot a couple of different ways. Uh, maybe a little bit of it was play calling. But I also say give Nebraska credit. I mean, now Oklahoma has kind of flipped the script on themselves. Their offense is eh, and their defense is a lot better. You know, Nebraska missed two field goals and an extra point and lost to Oklahoma by seven. They only gave up 23 to, you know, the preseason Heisman favorite. We, we all know how we feel about that. We called Rattler out last week for being extremely overrated anyway. But still, in the second half, Nebraska looked like the black shirts of old. I mean, they were yeah, they, they were they were beating up the offensive line. They were stopping things in the backfield. They were putting enough pressure on, on Thorne that he felt, you know, he felt kind of shaky back there. I don't know if he was rushing throws. I don't know if his, he got his bell rung a couple times on a couple pops he took. I mean, they stopped the game as they do every freaking three seconds, it feels like. Especially when you're not playing well, those TV timeouts are horrendous mm-hmm. but they stopped twice to check for targeting so I don't know what it was of course you know coaches aren't going to talk about injury or anything like that um I don't it wasn't a shoulder thing I don't think he just was behind receivers and just wasn't on target minus the flea flicker for touchdown at the beginning which was spot on I mean it was a bomb right on so it just you know good teams and teams that are getting better find different ways to win you know just like you could argue Michigan found a way to win with their defense. Their defense hasn't necessarily been the greatest when their offense bogged down. Michigan State won with their defense and special teams, really. Special teams. I mean, let's talk about Ricky Vaughn, a.k.a. Bryce Berenger. Look it up if you don't know who I'm talking about. 
Um, average almost 60 yards a punt, and he flipped field a few times. Coughlin getting touchbacks regularly. Ryan called the muff after the punt return. He said, look, they're going to muff this even after the 15-yard penalty. Um, and sure enough, they did, and Michigan State's coverage was really good. Um, you know, that's something that hasn't really been there the last few years is the first punt return at Spartan Stadium since 2010, the Wisconsin game where D'Antonio missed because he was in the hospital with a heart attack after that little Giants win. First one overall since 2011. Um, that place was went from emptying out, not in droves, but, you know, definitely was getting lighter to electric in the flip of a hat. Um, yeah, I mean... Credit Michigan State, you know, Walker busted out when he needed to. He got that 23 yards. I, I sat there and I said under my breath, pick, 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 right before Kimbrough. And I said, caper, 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 right before Walker almost took it to the house to finish OT. Um, you know, minus whether it was, I didn't watch it, but I don't know if it was on Behringer on the hold or if the snap was bad or whatever on the end of first half field goal attempt. That might have made a difference. You know, the good news for Michigan State is that they've got to work on some things because I think they probably, even though they might not say they did, probably read their press a little bit last week. Look, they're 18 to 22-year-old you know, young adults, kids. Um, hard not to. Off to a great start. They're kind of like thumb their nose at everybody who calls them Sparty and says they, they couldn't. Um, you know, so I give them a lot of credit for gutting out wins like that. You know, in a good season, in a in an eight or a nine or more win season, not suggesting Michigan State's going to win more than nine games, but you have to win a couple games like that. And, you know, it helped that it was at home, some key recruits in the house. You know, Mel got the woodshed. It's interesting, still only been, you know, just over 70,000, so about 5K short of a sellout. Not even as many Nebraska fans as usual. I don't know if that's a COVID carryover or what. The atmosphere was still great. Um, love a night game, hate the drive home. Um, Ryan, any other thoughts on? on no, I, I'm Big just 10? I'm just uh, happy that Michigan State made the plays when when they had to. Um, can't play like that against a team like Michigan or Indiana for that no. matter. They'll uh, make you pay. Get away I mean. with it, but I think it's four and zero. I mean, a lot of people said they wouldn't even win four. Um, so I think it's a great start. Um, Big Ten plays heating up here. Um, most non-conference games are coming to an end this week, uh, so we'll get into the to the thick of things and see what happens. Uh, should be really interesting. I think the East is as balanced as it's ever been. I mean, there's not a, a Maryland that's terrible, a, a Rutgers that's terrible, a Michigan State that has anybody great can beat anybody on years. a given week. Yeah. I think it's very balanced, a lot better than the West. I think the West is Iowa and everybody else, and I don't even know if Iowa's great to be honest with you, um, even with their number four ranking or whatever they have. Um, but yeah, Big Ten uh, is is great. Uh, looking forward to many more weeks. The question is, Scott Frost is now five and fifteen in one score games. He kind of oh, semi threw his I, team I under forgot, the bus I a little bit. I, I mean, what I was going to tell you say about uh, Adrian Martinez, I think he's to wear his own turnover chain around. Him. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's horrible. He's every Big he's Ten good, game. He's, he's good, good for runner, at least. He's good for at least he's, one he's turnover. A turnover in every single Big Ten game he's ever played. And he had two, almost three, because it, when he had the bad pitch, I mean, Michigan State was sliding away from the ball. Otherwise, if he gets that in his, I mean, who knows? Maybe Michigan State finally scores there, although they didn't on the other fumble. But I mean, that pick could have finished the game. Um, you know, it's one of those. He's electric, but. Man, he's he's bound to make a mistake, and we kept waiting for it, kept calling for it. Yeah, I don't know. And Frost, you know, when a coach kind of is snake bit like that and throws his players under the bus a little bit, it makes me wonder. I mean, that that should be when the coach always um, deflects the criticism. You know, I learned young when I was coaching Ryan in basketball that when you win, it's the players, and when you lose, it's the coaches. That's just how it is. It's always that way. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he can survive this season or not. You know, he's going to have to start winning some games. Um, that would have been a big one for him to have. I don't think he's beaten a ranked team or very many uh, in addition to, you know, really losing a lot of those close games, except for for some reason they tend to kind of be against Michigan State when he does win the close games. Um, anyway, Big Ten out of the way. We'll get to pick them in a little bit uh, for this coming week, as Ryan said, as we start to dig more into league play. Second down, as usual, we'll devote to the rest of college football. Um, and I was trying to think of a team of the week, and I couldn't 
really come up with just one. A couple teams came to mind that really stood out to me this week, this past week. Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Ryan picked them and pick them. I did not. I didn't. I didn't think that they would be able to get it done. I mean, they continue to get it done. They had a backup quarterback in due to injury, and pretty much, really, his scoreboard didn't say throttled, but they pretty much throttled Texas A and M. Um, NC State finally gets off the snide, beats Clemson. They've been close three or four times over the last eight, nine years. Even though they missed a field goal at the end of regulation that would have won it, they found a way to win in double overtime. Finally, can we put Clemson to bed? I mean, two losses, number 25 now, out of the top 10 for the first time in forever, not in the playoff picture. Thank goodness, get out. Next, we need Oklahoma to lose and get out. Get these normal teams, and Bama's going to be there, but as long as there's not three SEC teams that we have to start arguing about, get them out of there. Um you know, a couple other ones in UCLA bounced back. Wake Forest looked really, really good against yeah, Virginia. Yeah, Wake's a nice team. Yeah. You know, UVA, one week they do this, one week they're like head-scratching by what is going on. Um, ACC is just bad. Florida State's 0-4. UNC. North Carolina got smoked by Georgia Tech, who's, again, last week we used them in the transit, transitive properties. <laughs> you know, they, they almost beat Clemson, and we thought maybe it was because Clemson was bad and Georgia Tech was just not a very good team, but maybe Georgia Tech's decent. I mean, they smoked Carolina. Clemson is bad. Georgia Tech lost to Northern Illinois. I mean, I don't know. You can't. The best teams there are Boston College and Syracuse, probably. <laughs> Syracuse beat Liberty, who they were not favored to beat, if that tells you something. So, I mean, I think Pitt bounced back and got a win. I don't yeah, know who I they were playing, so. but I mean... The ACC maybe Louisville. Well, Louisville's good. Obviously, they beat Florida State. Not NC bad. State's not bad, but I don't know any other wreck. college football general. Yeah, Baylor uh, is a team that they're four and zero ranked mm-hmm. now. Uh, they were expected to do nothing. Uh, their Michigan State style mm-hmm. there. Um, Oklahoma State also wasn't expected to do much. They're ranked. They're undefeated four and zero as well. Playing Baylor this weekend. I'm a man. Big, big game for Gundy and his boys. Uh, but yeah, the ACC is a joke. Um, yeah, they don't Pac-12 think, really is, too. I mean, Oregon's yeah, good. Oregon's, UCLA bounced back. Oregon's but. good. I mean, yeah, they're the only team worth a you-know-what. I mean, the, Oregon State throttled USC. The SEC is the only thing we got going. I mean, the Big Ten, Ohio State is a loss, and Wisconsin has two losses. And uh, Penn State. You know, I, the nice thing is is that I think the Big Ten's got some a good amount of good teams. They just I don't think they have that one great team, but I don't think anybody outside the SEC does. I don't know if Oregon is great. No, I don't think so. I think they're really good, but it's kind of what we wanted, right? We're tired of we're pissing and moaning about it's always Clemson, it's always Alabama, it's always you know Oklahoma in a fourth team. You know, maybe this is the chance that Cincinnati got a huge game coming up this weekend against Notre Dame. Yeah. You know, maybe this is, you know, Oregon finally gets in from the Pac-12. Maybe somebody else from the Big Ten gets in. You know, I think. I think right now, there's. I'd be hard-pressed to say there's not going to be two SEC teams in it, and it might be the two teams that play for the SEC championship game, Alabama and Georgia, because right now they are head and shoulders above the, the rest. I mean, you have Arkansas, who came basically out of nowhere. They were 0-16 in 2018 and 2019 in the SEC, and they're ranked number eight in the country now, and they picked off Texas and Texas A&M. I mean, that's, Texas put up 70 points this week against Texas Tech, not against, you know, McNeese State, so clearly they can score some points, and Oklahoma, you know, Arkansas shut them down. So, you know, I but Oklahoma almost lost to West Virginia, kicked the last second field goal to beat West Virginia. Yeah, that's crazy. I I mean, think about if there was a twelve team playoff this year. I th- I think you'd still have Georgia and Alabama. You set to the side, and the other the other ten would be like Michael Jackson Thriller video eating popcorn. It'd be pretty pretty enticing and exciting, and I think that's what the rest of the season is going to be like. Um, Iowa State, uh-uh, out of it. Clemson, out of it. K-State lost this week. A&M, we predicted them to be the first next, you know, overripe yep. team to lose. Carolina, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to get crazier and crazier. And this weekend, some great games. You know, you got, is it at Alabama? Ole Miss at I Alabama? Mean, I don't, I'm not sure where it is. And then you got Arkansas-Georgia. Arkansas-Georgia so we're going to see how how good Arkansas and Ole Miss really are. Um, Arkansas's got a great defense. Ole Miss got a great offense. Saban, I don't think, has ever lost to an assistant coach. I mean, he's just a ungodly how good he is against guys that have worked for him. So, 
lean. I don't know if he can do it, lean train or not. Although I think I would say it was last year or the year before, Corral cut Alabama up pretty good in a, what was a pretty close game. So I mean, I think that they always get more room. Yeah, there's a chance for some for some good stuff there. But you know, you can't be disappointed with college football because it is not the status quo this year. It's what everybody wanted, and we're getting it so far. You know. It would not surprise me if one Georgia or Alabama lost this weekend. I kind of hope they both do just to continue to throw a monkey wrench into things. I don't necessarily expect they will. We'll probably pick those a little bit later. But, yeah, college football. Don't miss it. Right now games are on, what, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and pretty soon, what do you call that? Maction. Maction's going to be on, like, you know, they play noon on Tuesday just because they want to get on TV. So there's pretty much college football every day of the week, it seems like. All right, third down. We'll bounce it outside just like we did last week, and we'll switch sports for a few moments. And let's talk a little bit of Ryder Cup. Um, You know, we talked about it here last week. I think, I don't remember if I predicted that Europe would win. I honestly did not see this beat down coming. I'm not surprised based on rankings, but, you know, we heard it a lot this weekend for those who watched. It's not a game played on paper. It's a game played in person. And you can see in the emotion of the Europeans why why they do so well. I mean, they overcome some of that. I I do think this year, though, this was, and maybe this is the tide that turns it, the U.S. team was young, they're big hitters, and they were unafraid. And those were three key things. I, I don't think they played you know, the space between their ears as much as they do in the past. You know, no offense to the the guys I love watching, playing, growing up, you know, the Phillies and the Tigers and whatever else, but I think a changing of the guard was what was needed. I mean, we had how, however many rookies on the team this yeah, year. Yeah, a lot. A lot of the 12 guys were rookies. DJ was the elder statesman, grandpa, as they called him, at 37. Um, you know, and, and Europe was old. They had more guys in their 40s, and, and their collective rankings weren't as good. But you could see, like it, you know, they knew going into Sunday it was it was over. But still, you had Rory McIlroy. You know, he was in tears just because it means that much. They're not playing yeah. for a dime. I mean, I'm sure they're money in some way, shape, or form. But there's no purse, right? They're playing for the trophy and for the bragging rights and for pride. And Poulter, love him or hate him, personally don't like him. He was in tears afterwards. Like it means that much to them. And if it can mean that much to the U.S eventually and maybe this group it can the way they bonded they all talked even Bryson and Brooks about how well they bonded and how well they get along and you know just kind of the stricker I thought you know kind of played the he played his cards just right you know he had the right matchups he sent the right guys out what would you say Ryan the record of the rookies was it was like 14 it was it was like 14 three and three three or something like that something absurd yeah I mean even guys like Cantlay who is pretty stoic. Yeah, he showed emotion. He was having a good time. Um, I'm going to make one statement right now. If Bryson DeChambeau would ditch that stupid Judge Smales, actually Ty Webb looking, and sorry, R.I.P. Payne Stewart, Payne Stewart hat, he'd be more likable because that hat, as much as Payne Stewart is beloved, Payne Stewart was not beloved when he was still alive. Payne Stewart did a lot of great things that kind of were behind the scenes. There's why there's a humanitarian award named after him and, and such. You know, an amazing man. And I think back to the day before Ryan was born and how he handled Nicholson as his daughter was about to be born, his first child. But what I remember before that was Payne Stewart was a douche. And it was the hat. And it was the knickers. And Bryson doesn't have the knickers, but he's got the hat. Like, Bryson, ditch it. Come on, get a PR guy. I'll be your PR guy. Just give me 10% of what you make. Not even. I'll take a percent of what you make. I'll be fine with that. Ditch the hat and you'll be more likable. You know, I mean, just act like you did this weekend and you'll be more likable. And maybe people will lay off him a little bit now that Brooks and Bryson had the Step Brothers t-shirt that everybody was wearing. And they seem to kind of let bygones be bygones. You know, it's easy to do when you win. But, um, you know, my other thing, and Ryan, I'll let you weigh in a little bit on it, a little bit more on it too, is... I thought the quote of the weekend was Paul Azinger, who was a winning captain, I believe, was in 2008. He'd broken like a nine-year drought for the U.S. at that point in time, or 10-year drought or whatever it was then, is that he said, this is at the beginning, 
the Ryder Cup is in the Europeans' blood. It's in the Americans' heads. And I think that was so spot on. And finally, this weekend, it wasn't. I think the crowds were great. Obviously, there were not as many European fans as there usually would be. The course was spectacular. I absolutely cannot wait to play that golf course. I mean, it's gonna. I'm going to shoot a 120, but unbelievable. And my final thought on it was the U.S. team was stacked, and they lived up to it. And it's about time. Yeah, I was really impressed with how the U.S. handled it. I mean, Europe, uh, John Rahm's the best player in the world. I mean, he proved that this weekend. He was nothing short of unbelievable, aside from getting blown out by Scotty Scheffler, which was interesting. Scheffler played really well as a rookie. I mean, you look at that roster. I mean, DJ, like we said, is the was the oldest guy, and he went undefeated. He played great. Xander did Only really third guy well. ever to go 5-0. and oh. Yeah, Xander. Cantlay was great. Him and Shoffley and Cantlay were a great duo there. Bryson and Scotty were a really good duo. Colin and DJ were a great duo. Brooks and Berger, the FSU boys, were good together. JT and, and Spieth were really good. And then English and Finau, I mean, it was, it was just fun to watch. I think the, the camaraderie, I mean, I think like Brooks said, I mean, they've known each other, most of them, for 15-plus years. They played together against each other for a long time, and they they got together, and they, they did what they, sh- they could. And uh, Stricker should be uh, complimented out the wazoo for that. I think he did a great job picking that team and kind of helping them gel and stuff. I mean, Brooks and Bryson are hugging and bro- like doing all this stuff now and like liking each other. It's so weird. Well, don't underestimate. I mean, Stricker, and they predicted that he would be on the broadcast, was in tears when they won. And don't underestimate the value of an emotional leader because it it shows that he's invested. And then the rest of the guys, you know, you follow your leaders. And if you are like that, like Phil is a wear his heart on the sleeves kind of guy. You know, he was one of the assistant captains. Um I think that's why Europe does well. They overcome talent sometimes just with that grit and that emotion and that desire to win, to beat the Americans. And it's not really necessarily a hatred thing because these guys have been playing together forever. And for the U.S., it was. It was got. Yeah, I saw videos of guys like Tony Finau when he was just a little guy, and Brooks kept. I mean, all these guys played together when they were young, and you know it's kind of funny to see that. But then. My shot of the tournament, minus well, Bryson or yeah, Bryson driving number one in singles match play on Sunday. Easily on the first hole. Um, The shot that Jordan Spieth hit, which by the way, he is something like o seven and one or o eight and one in singles match play in Presidents Cup and Ryder Cup, which is crazy to me. Anyway, the shot that he hit that went straight up. A wall on I think it was, was that seventeen. It was one of the par threes that's right along Lake Michigan. Unbelievable that he pulled it off. I mean, ran backwards. Lucky didn't break a leg, tear an ACL, sprain an ankle. Almost ended up in Lake Michigan. If you haven't seen it, go look at it. I mean, he hit it to like five feet. Un just unreal. But you know, fun golf. You know, the U.S. had it well in check. It's a lot more fun to watch, even though when it's you know done early when your team is winning but um you know here's to many more hopefully that they'll continue um you know to kind of take this feeling and go forward and, and not make it a once every five rider cups type of type of thing all right fourth down we'll go back to football we did this last week too we'll go to the nfl where parody reigns ryan bring us through some thoughts from this weekend and one more game tonight yeah, I mean, I, I'll start with Thursday, I guess. Um, the Panthers, I mean, they're 3-0, and uh, a team that was projected to be pretty bad. Darnold looks like a new player. Um, Shocking. Yeah, <laughs> right. Get away from the Jets, like getting away from the Lions. And the, the Lions, I mean, lose on a 66-yard field goal. I mean, Only the Lions can but, lose. But, but, but they did get screwed. They The yeah, play before... True. I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely play clock expired by three two and a half seconds, and their right guard false started. Yeah, it was didn't call any bad. of it. But go back to the play before that on fourth and nineteen. Yeah, you can't give you that can't up. Give you can't give that up. Can. I mean, you don't give that up, and game's over. But I will say, I mean, <laughs> sixty-six yard record by two yards, field goal to lose. And by the way, Tucker beat the Lions and I think it was like 2013 or 14 with previously his career long at Ford Field as well, 61 yards. And the guy, 
stat of the year he has made now with that the improbability i don't even know what the probability i'd love to see the stat on that i mean the probability of making that 50 straight fourth quarter and overtime field goals made Talk about clutch. Yeah, that's And the Lions have been special. spoiled with some good kickers over the year. I mean, Eddie Murray missed a big one back in the year that the Lions had a chance to make it to, I don't know, NFC Championship game. I think it was 82 maybe. But he was pretty steady Eddie for years. Then he went pretty much right to Jason Hansen. He was steady Eddie for years. <laughs> Arguably the Lions' best player for a long time when Barry wasn't there and when, you know, Megatron wasn't there. But 50 straight fourth quarter and overtime kicks. That's just, I mean, let that sink in. And, by the way, the last one was 66 freaking yards. I mean, he just destroyed the ball. And it hit the crossbar perfectly. I mean, yeah, you could say, oh, one revolution kicks the other way. I mean, he was also six inches from just clearing the crossbar without hitting it. I mean, it's too bad the way it went down, you know, as it was explained, as I read, and as I've read in the past, because lots of times I've seen it happen. People have been mad about a Michigan State play that went or, you know, whatever. The problem with that delay of game call, and this was, this was, I think, more egregious than most, but you got the back judge whose job is to keep the clock in mind, and his job is to watch that clock, the play clock, go, and as soon as it goes to zeros, his eyes have to flash immediately to the ball on the snapper. And if the ball's not moving, then it's a flag. So you know there's about a second delay in there because, I mean, these guys are not like 22-year-old spring chickens out there. Some of them are older guys and you're a long ways away and you got to flash your eyes down that quick. I mean, they're very well trained to do that. I don't know what this guy was doing, if he sneezed, if he blinked, if he saw a hot chick in the stands or what, but clearly he went more than the second because if you watch it closely – and tell me if you disagree on Twitter. Most times, that clock hits zero that we see as fans on the TV scoreboard or in the stadium, on, on, and the snap comes after it. It's usually less than a second. It's probably a half a second. Maybe sometimes it feels more like a second. That was longer, no question. And like Ryan said, I didn't read as much about the the supposed false start, but I go back to fourth and nineteen. Just stop them there. But still, I mean, I'm heartbroken for the Lions. Like, I, as soon as they kicked the field goal, I said to Ryan, I'm "Like, they're gonna lose nineteen to seventeen. They're gonna find a way to lose." Even and he was mad they didn't go for the touchdown. I said, "All right, they score the touchdown. They're gonna lose twenty three to twenty one. I mean, that's just that's just the mo for the Lions. It's mm-hmm. and they got to find a way to shake it." Um, I will say on a positive note, the Lions are fighting. Good they're teams. professionals, but they're fighting good teams more than I expected. They're in games at least for a half. They, speaking of which, they have to show up for more than a half a game. They played a good half against San Francisco. They played a good half against Green Bay. They played a good half yesterday. They got to keep piecing it together. I think they could get the Bears this weekend. Um, Rest of the league still. What are we down to? How many undefeateds? We got the Rams, Not who many. look really good. Rams, Cardinals, Raiders, Raiders, Bronx. Cardinals. I think that's it. No. Vikings finally got off the schneid. They beat Seattle. That's a good win for them. Haven't heard a whole lot of scuttlebutt about fans being all over Kirk Cousins, which is good. You know, the thing is, is that Green Bay ended up losing that game last night. The NFC Central would have been, or NFC North, is it the North or Central? Mm-hmm. It used to be the North. I don't know. Whatever it is, it used to be the NFC Central. Um, would have been one and two, one and two, one and two, oh and three. You know, the Lions having one league loss there, as it is Green Bay's two and one. Bears and the Vikings are both one and two, although the Vikings could very easily be three and oh. Um you know, the Lions aren't gonna let's not pretend they're not gonna win the division, but you know, they're not out of it yet. <laughs> no. So, you know, get a win against the Bears, they're one and one in conference, they're one and three, they're feeling a little bit better about themselves. I don't know if uh if um, Dalton's going to be back or not. Fields clearly, obviously, isn't Struggle. ready as much as fans want to believe that. Rookie quarterbacks are, you know, San Francisco, I think, is doing it the right way. I said that to Ryan last night watching the Sunday night game. Trey Lance, they have some scripted plays for him, and he has success, right? You know, he had a rushing touchdown. Um, he's in there for certain packages. I think you kind of break your guys in, ideally. I don't know why the Bears aren't playing foals and letting Fields just maybe get some touches and get some packages. That's why the Jets quarterbacks always suck because they throw them to the 
wolves and they get so beaten and battered that they just can't get it out of their head. Zach Wilson's heading down that path. Um, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he just doesn't have much talent there. I, I think that they were competitive at least this weekend, yeah, but um, we'll see. We got a little rematch of the national title game this Thursday with the Bengals and the uh, and the Jags. But anything else you got? NFL no, I'm just happy that the NFL is so wide open. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be a really good KC year. KC 1 and 2. I mean, some ba- good teams. basically through three weeks. I mean, it's been really fun to watch, and we got 14 more of them. So, yeah. really, really intrigued yeah, by it's that. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's football, baby. Football. All right. That out of the way, let's go to our two minute drill, which has become, for all intents and purposes, our pick 'em segment. So, Ryan, let us know how do we do. How are we doing overall? Tell them about the official prize we now have. So get off your butt and join the game, and let's get to our picks. Yeah, uh, last week we both went 11-2. and two. I'm 52-9 and nine overall. You're 15-11. and 11. Uh, Prize, we got a $50 gift certificate to Total Wine & More down on 28th Street. Just opened up fairly recently and some, some wine glasses. If you haven't well. been there, give yourself about two hours and just slow crawl that place. It has great everything it's including 850 dollars of tequila if you're interested in that yeah so uh we'll start week five um here we go uh friday night iowa versus maryland could be a decent game we'll see if if maryland's for real um i I think it can be a close game um with it being at maryland i think Iowa's gonna come out with a win here and hand maryland their first loss yeah, I think so too. I mean, going back to my preseason picks, that's what I picked. That's what we picked overall collectively. Um, Maryland and West Virginia is looking like a better and better win. I mean, West Virginia is, is pretty decent. Maryland hasn't played anybody except for West Virginia, though. I I think they, I, they're they going to struggle to score points against Iowa, and Iowa is going to figure out a way to get it. I think it's going to be fairly low scoring, but I, I've got Iowa in that yeah. one. Uh, Michigan versus Wisconsin. Like we we said earlier, this is probably gonna be really low scoring, like thirteen ten. I'm gonna go. I I hate to say it, but Michigan's gonna snap a little snide against uh, Wisconsin here. I'm gonna stick with what I picked at the preseason. I think you know sometimes teams that play wounded are the most dangerous. Um, I think that they're gonna snap back a little bit. I think I man, if the weather's bad, it legit is gonna be like seven to six or something. This is gonna be like Michigan State circa twenty what seventeen, eighteen, whatever when they kept winning games seven six or losing games seven six a few right. years ago. I'm going with Wisconsin in a super low scoring game. Uh, I have not looked at the under yet on FanDuel, but I can guarantee you that's gonna be a part of any parlay that I play this weekend. So give me Wisconsin in that one. All right. Uh, Charlotte versus Illinois. Um, I think Illinois gets it done. I don't know if Charlotte's they great. They beat Duke, though. Yeah, they did, but I, I don't know. I think Illinois' defense isn't terrible. Yeah, Illinois has been playing better. You know, they were competitive against Maryland. They were competitive against Purdue. UTSA is actually 4-0, so we kind of mocked that loss. They got destroyed by UVA, who's not looking all that great, but that was on the road at an odd time. I'm, I'll go with that, too. I'll go with the win over Charlotte. Uh, Minnesota, Purdue. I last week I would have said Minnesota all the way, but I, I'm going to go Purdue. I think Purdue's defense is pretty decent, and they have some playmakers. Uh, and Minnesota looks yeah. just they're underwhelming. Yeah, teams. maybe you know maybe Bell will be back. Um, it is in West Lafayette. I think you know it's one of those things. Is Minnesota going to bounce back from that epic game? Which team are we going to get? The Colorado team. That one. Uh, you know, beginning of the season I picked. A Purdue loss here, but I'm going to switch and ride with that one too with Ryan. I'm going to go Purdue in that one. Uh, Ohio State Rutgers uh, lines come down a little bit at Rutgers. Ohio State might have a quarterback controversy. You know, McCord and uh, Stroud. Don't know if Stroud's available this weekend, um, but I, I, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be kind of like the Michigan game, more like a 31-24, 31-23. I think Ohio State gets it done, though. I think they're more talented. Yeah, this is a stretch of some tough games for Rutgers. It's you know at Michigan, Ohio State at home, Michigan State at home. Um, I think Ohio State, you know, will find a way to get it done, and uh, I think it will be like last week. I think you know it started off the week the line was like nineteen and a half for Michigan over Rutgers. I I think it'll be a cover for Rutgers again, but I don't think that they're going to win. So I'll go Ohio State. Yeah, a revenge game for Penn State versus Indiana. Uh, under the lights in Happy Valley once again. Um, 
Penn State gets this done. I think they're too much on offense and defense. I don't know if Indiana's great. Um, struggle a little bit here at the start. Yeah, we picked that one to begin with, a win over Indiana, revenge for last year. Um, won't be another whiteout game, but the atmosphere will be good. I just Indiana's just not as good as we thought they were going to be. I think they're, you know, they're a pretty they're good team, but they're not great, which a lot of people thought maybe they were going to make that jump to great. I just don't think they have enough depth to be great. That's the difference between good and great teams is great teams can roll out a second string that can beat you. I think Penn State wins this one. Indiana keeps it close for three quarters, but Penn State wins by probably double digits. Nebraska versus Northwestern. I think this is going to be a close one. Um, but I think Nebraska is going to sweep it out. I think they're going to be pissed that they lost last week. And I don't know if Northwestern has the horses on defense to keep up with Martinez in his run game. If he's passing the ball a lot, I don't. If he doesn't wear that turnover chain multiple times in a game, and again, every game in his Big Ten career, he's had at least one fumble or interception. Maybe this is the game that he breaks that. I don't know. A lot of that's because they're super reliant on him to do everything. Yeah, I mean, the way Michigan State ran all over Northwestern, I could definitely... I mean, Nebraska's running backs didn't do squat against Michigan State, but, you know, Martinez is not doesn't have a very great arm, but he's got some big tight ends. I think this will be a kind of a grinder, but, yeah, going back to to Nebraska, man, I'll tell you what, if they lose this one at home yeah, with Michigan coming to town next week, ooh, boy, Frost it may be a, a midseason firing, uh, yeah. to be honest with you. So I think Nebraska gets it done out of desperation. Uh, Michigan State, Western Kentucky under the lights, homecoming for Michigan State. Western Kentucky throws the ball a lot. Um, They're going to get some yards. System. Mm-hmm. They're going to get yards. I think this is going to be like a 38-24 type game. Uh, I think Michigan State gets it done, though. I think Michigan State's offense is too much for a poor Western Kentucky defense, and I think uh, Michigan State's going to get good pressure on, on this quarterback. Yeah, I mean, they got seven sacks last week against Nebraska and a pretty decent offensive line. So, I, I mean, I think I would have said if last week would have gone a little bit more how I thought where Michigan State would be more comfortably winning that game, I would say that this week would worry me. But the way Michigan State played last yeah, week, not gonna be flat. I just don't think that they're going to come out flat this time. It's a night game. It's not going to be quite the same atmosphere uh, but, yeah, I, I would not be surprised to see him kind of blow the doors off uh, in this one this week. So I got Michigan State as well. College game day is going to Arkansas-Georgia. I think that's a it's a humongous game. Um, Arkansas, I think, could could make this interesting. But I think Georgia, their defense is just too good. I think it's going to be, like, pretty close, 21-17 type game. Um, Georgia's going to prevail, though, I think. Yeah, I mean – we saw Georgia beat Clemson with defense. Their offense is coming along a little bit. I just, I, I'm, I'm almost. I mean, they're one A for me. If if Alabama's a clear number one, Georgia's right there on their heels. So as much as it wouldn't surprise me to see Arkansas win, um, I'm going to pick against Arkansas again, meaning they'll probably win. So I'm going to go Georgia as well. Uh, Cincinnati Notre Dame, big one for the Bearcats going into South Bend. Favored, yeah, favored by two and a half. I think they get it done here. I mean, I, Notre Dame hasn't shown a lot to me. Uh, they haven't impressed me at all. They're on their I fourth s- starting left tackle yeah, at Notre Dame. I, I think Cincinnati is good defensively and offensively. I think they're going to get it done. They're going to put the put the nation on notice that they're for real. Yeah, you can't rush for 10 yards against Cincinnati, who's better than Wisconsin. Um, I'm going to go with that same. It's not an upset because they're favored. You know, Per the sports books, it's not an upset. I still think it's an upset. Uh, but I think it's I think it's going to be a classic game. Wouldn't surprise me if it comes down to a field goal at the end. But I I'm going to go as well with Cincinnati. Uh, Ole Miss versus Alabama. Talked a little bit about this earlier. Could be this could be a shootout. Um, I think Bama's going to win this game, but I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be one possession game again. Yeah, just like it was last year, or whenever that was, a couple years ago. Agree. I just don't know if if Mississippi's got the horses. That second string horses to keep up. We know that Alabama does. They just churn them out year over year over yeah, game yeah. over game. I don't think Ole Miss has enough to stop them on defense, and it's going to come down to who has it last. I think Alabama's going to win this game too. Uh, Lions Bears finally. I think the Lions get their first win here. I think the Bears are kind of beaten down. Uh, they're pissed off. All the fans on Twitter and whatever social media, they're pissed off at Nagy. They think he sucks. Um, They'll blame him for Fields, but Fields just clearly isn't ready. Yeah, I, and I, they just don't. I think the Lions are going to be pissed off. I mean, they just lost a close game. They played tough against 
two teams that are going to make the play, three teams that are going to make the playoffs most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, probably couldn't have drawn up a harder beginning of the schedule for the Lions. Um, and Dan yeah, two and one, two and one, two and one, right there. All, all big wins. I mean, so. yeah, really good teams, and I, th- I think they get it done versus the Bears. And um, yeah, I think it's going to be close, but. Yeah, I'm going to put on my Homer hat. I think if this was the old regimes, minus maybe Caldwell, who they never should have fired a few years mm-hmm. ago, but I think season would have gone full on into shitters full mode um, with a loss like that one last week with any other coach. I just don't see it with Campbell. I think the players are playing hard for he and all the other former player coaches that they have. You know, I don't think the Lions win more than four or five games this year, but I think this is one of them. Yeah, and that's all we have this week. All right, so make sure you get your picks in, JG. I think you missed last week, but right now you're still the only one that's otherwise in the running for 50 bucks. And believe me, there's a lot of stuff you can pick from in that store if you haven't been there. All right, let's end as we always do with a sprint. First, where does that MSU comeback rank for you for in-person games, Ryan? Is it the best? Is it top five? Is it top ten? Yeah, I was trying to come up with different comebacks Michigan State's had. I mean, I think in 2011 on the Hail Mary game, we were down early, came back. Um, and I think I've seen it. Little Giants. Yeah, Little giant. I mean, I don't know if he came back in that game. Well, I'll, I'll, say, top down th- I'll say top three yeah. um, based off of what I can remember. Um, I mean, for like – a turning play like that, like a punt return, kick return, yeah, I, I mean, I can see that. I, I won't answer it yet, but um, second spot, do in-season transfer portal entries worry you when it comes to the message it potentially sends to recruits? I'll say more no because I think, in especially in today's day and age in college football, attrition is just ex- to be expected, and guys that can't cut it are just jumping ship, and I think that's the case here uh, with Michigan State. Especially. Out of the three match types, which one is the best Ryder Cup match type? Uh, I was a big fan of the alternate shot. I thought that that was a lot of fun to watch. And best pop-in Seinfeld character of all time, Uncle Leo, Putty, or Jackie Childs? I got to go with Jackie Childs. Lewd. Outrageous. <laughs> all right, where does that MSU comeback rank for me? I mean, I obviously have more than twice the experiences as my 30th year with season tickets. Um, I've seen a lot of great ones, you know, Smoker to Haygood, Smoker to Duckett. I mean, countless great comeback wins. Um, Banks to Nigeria. Um, it's it's not. It's probably top ten. I mean, it's it's close. It was huge. I don't know that I've ever seen a game turn on a punt return like that when we thought it was done. I mean, Ryan wanted to leave after Nebraska yeah. scored the touchdown, twenty to thirteen. So I'll give it top ten for sure, but only because I've been to a lot. But I mean, man, had they had they returned a pick six to win it in overtime, that probably would have vaulted in the top five because I would have not seen two plays like that coming ever, back to back to turn a game. In season transfer portals, they do not worry me when it comes to the message it sends to recruits, especially with a new coach. Now, if it was somebody that had been there for a long time, maybe. But Tucker clearly has a system. He's got a persona. They're very good about at Michigan State about getting his persona out there. He's good about getting his persona out there. I'm sorry, but the message is, if you're not in it, get out. I mean, that's why there were so many revolving door guys that left. You know, however many guys it was, you know, everybody made a big deal of 30-some or 40. Why were we have 40-some new players and 30-some players left? You know, if you're not willing to put in the work and you're not willing to fight with your team and you're not willing to, you know, maybe you have to sit down and work a little bit harder to, to rise up, then... You know, sorry, I wish you well, but there's no room for you here, so it does not worry me. Best Ryder Cup match type, I mean, you know, the three for those who don't follow it that much are you've got alternate shot, which is which is fun. You've got basically best ball, which is, you know, you play your own and it's the best score wins, and then you've got head-to-head match play. All of them are match play. i got to go alternate shot. Ryan and I did that this summer with uh, Uncle Tom and Brad, um, albeit not nearly as good as they do in the Ryder Cup, but it is fun. It's just, you know... It, you really rely on what your what your teammate hits and what's your strength and whatever, and it's it's a true whoever hold out last, it's the next guy is on the tee type of thing. So um, I, I got to go alternate shot. I think that I would love to see more of that, and I think we've talked about the here on the pod before. Mm-hmm. Best pop in Seinfeld character of all time. I mean, there's there's actually so many good ones beyond these, but you got to go with Jackie Giles. I mean, how can you not based on the O.J. Simpson? 
you know, defense attorney Johnny Cochran, uh, just, uh, I mean, an all-time classic. All right, Ryan, hit us up with some final social media reminders. Yep. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the final score 35. Uh, please get involved in the pick'em. Otherwise, JG's going to run away with this with this. Um, it's not gift, too late. It's going to be no, based on percentages as long late. as you got to play a minimum of two weeks because you got to have a good percentage on the uh, yeah, board. Yeah, just say. keep doing that. We, we'd love to have more people involved. Um, yeah, we're just doing it for fun, trying to just have a good time and um, – yeah, we're, we're just thankful for you guys listening. Um, keep sending us content, uh, what you want to hear. I mean, football is king right now, obviously, but college basketball is coming up. If you, you've got anybody you want us to talk talk about, get us some guest speakers, whatever. Um, but, yeah, that's all I've got. Well, that's it for this week. Get on Twitter. Do it. Follow us. Follow Ryan. He does a good job of that. Get your picks in play. Holler at us with topic ideas. Again, like Ryan said, I mean, we're pretty much going to be football, 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 and then it'll be a lot of basketball. But, you know, we got room for that occasional other topic, especially when we get back into basketball season and we go five spots. Um, you know, we like to throw in that random off topic too. So we've also got space for more sponsors too. And speaking of sponsors, though, thank you again to Team Anders Realtors, our presenting sponsor. Learn more about how Team Anders can help you with your realty needs at Team anders.com meantime remember that's totally inappropriate it's lewd lascivious salacious outrageous outrageous